the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. Good morning, good morning. Thank you for coming today. We're in an eight-week series called Anchored, Eight Things That Will Happen If You Anchor Yourselves to the Word of God. I want to go to the letter R in our acrostic that you will recognize the difference between good and evil. That is the sermon today. I want to tell you right up front that this message is the core of this entire series because one of our main problems is that the lines are blurred. We no longer know what's good. We no longer know what's evil. It comes from my deep conviction that we as a nation, we have lost our moral compass. We no longer even know the difference between good and evil in this country. I have several things I want to say I wish everyone would understand. Number one, write this down, that God alone determines good from evil. Not the government, not the Supreme Court, it's not majority rule, it's not you, it's not me, it's God. God gets to decide. Now why does God get to decide? Well, because He's the creator of all creation, therefore He gets to set the rules. And the reason God gave instructions to us was because as the creator of the universe, He knows what's in our best interest. And how foolish of us to tell God, God, you don't know what's best for us. I know what's best for me. And I want you to know you can talk, you can talk until the cows come home. But you don't get to decide the difference between good and evil. Only God decides that. I want you to write this down. Sin is any time you break the laws of God. That's what sin is. Sin is a transgression against God's laws. But secondly, and write this down, and this is what I want to talk to you about, sin is an offense against a moral God. You're sinning against God himself. You're not just breaking a rule. Yes, you're breaking a rule, but you're sinning against a moral God. A better illustration might be in, in, a, in the context of marriage when a spouse is unfaithful to another spouse. Yes, you broke one of the commandments, but more important than that, you have broken the holy covenant 
that is found in a, in a marriage, in a union between a husband and a wife. So whenever you sin, yeah, yes, you, you over there, you broke commandment number five. And you broke commandment number seven. And I saw you over there, you broke commandment number nine. Yes, you might have broken that commandment, but more importantly than that, you have sinned against God. You have dishonored God. You have devalued God. You have disrespected God, the one who created you, the one who has provided for you, the one who has saved you. It's not just that you broke a law. You've broken the covenant with him. You have dishonored a righteous God, a holy God, and a moral God. 1 John 3, 7 says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is what? Is righteous, just like he is righteous. But the next verse, he says, He who does what is sinful is of the devil. It's in the Bible. You say, wait, 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 what does that mean? It means when you commit sin, that you are of the devil who's been sinning since the beginning of time. But when you live righteous and you obey God and you honor God, then you are becoming righteous as God is righteous. God determines what's good. God determines what's evil. God determines what you should do and what you shouldn't do. It's in the Word. It's clearly marked. And then Satan comes along and he does what we call flip the script. He flips the Scripture. Whatever God says is evil, Satan tries to convince us that it's okay. Everything that God calls evil, Satan says it's good. And whatever God says is good, this is actually healthy for you, drink is good for you. And Satan goes, oh, no, man, stay away from that. That's, that's, that, that, that'd be a fanatic. You, you need this, is what Satan does to us. He flips the script. Look at chapter 3, verse 3. Eve is talking to Satan. Now pay attention. She says, God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And then God said, you, you, oh, oh yeah, there's one more thing. God said, if I touch it, I will die. What, what verse is that? Three. Look at the very next verse, verse 4. Satan flips the script. He flips the scripture just like that. He flips it. God says, you touch it, you're going to die. And Satan, in verse 4, just says, no, 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 no. You will not. You will not surely die. Look at verse 5. Satan says, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God. And then you'll get to decide what's right and wrong. You, know, you won't need God telling you the difference between good and evil. You'll be able to distinguish good from evil. Satan always flips the script in three ways. I want you to write this down. First of all, with every specific rule in the Bible, he flips it. God says, do not commit sexual immorality. And Satan says, oh, no, 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 no. It's okay to commit sexual immorality. God says to honor your father and your mother. And Satan goes, oh, no, no, your, your parents, listen, they're, they're from another generation. They don't, <laughs> they're not even up to speed, man. If you need to sneak around their back, you go ahead and sneak around their back. God says, do not shed innocent blood. No, man, not a, Satan says, it's okay to do that. 
God says that marriage is a union between a man and a woman. Say, so no, 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 no. We'll flip that. You can marry anybody you want to marry. He flips the rule. Write this number two. He flips the result. God said if you touch it, you will die. Satan says, no, no, no. If you, you can eat that thing, you're going to live. You're going to live. Hey, don't worry about that. Which you, you just take all, drink all you can get because that's how you really live. You see, you got to drink it all in. That's how you live. He flips the rule. He flips the result. And number three, he flips the reign. In other words, he's trying to get you to be in charge of you. Where God is no longer reigning in your life, that you're the one in charge. God's no longer in control, you're the one in control. He flips the rule, the result, and then he flips the reign. You get to be in charge. And number three, write this down, letter C. Evil begets evil. Until finally God says, that's enough. Look at chapter 3, verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, and she saw it was pleasing to the eye, and then Satan had convinced her that this is how you really live, even though God said if you do it, you will die, it was desirable for gaining wisdom, the Bible says she took some and she ate it. And the first thing she does, she goes over to her husband, hey, you got to try this. It's been like two seconds. She eats it. And the Bible says she gives it to her husband who's with her, and he ate it, and thus sin entered into this world, and there you have it. One person committing a sin, one person involved in disobeying God, and within seconds convincing another human being to be involved in the exact same sin. And that's the way evil works. Evil begets evil. It's like dominoes. You ever seen those little things, dominoes? You set them all up, you touch the first one, and they just all fall over. It might be a friend convincing another friend to go astray. It could be a college student who's involved in drinking and they get the incoming freshman to go uh, to, the, to the frat party. It, it could be someone involved in a financial scam that gets other people involved in the exact same scam. It could be one sexually immoral person who goes to another person and convinces them to be involved in sexual immorality. It could be one liar trying to get others to be involved in the lie It could be one person using filthy language trying to get others to understand it's okay to use filthy language. It could be one gossiper trying to attempt others to gossip as well. It could be one person skipping church and go, hey, I'm going to skip. Why don't you come with me? We're going to go to this. And so you got a whole group of people skipping church because one person talks others into doing it. It could be one gang member who guns a kid down and then he wants to recruit another member to the gang. And so he says, hey, the initiation is there. You've got to go kill someone else. It could be one person in drugs trying to convince others that it's okay to take drugs. And the cycle continues until finally God says, that's enough. Go over to Genesis chapter 6. Three chapters. Three. Three. You're in Genesis chapter 3, and sin enters the world. Eve gives it to Adam. And you're three chapters later in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. And the Lord was grieved that he had even made man. And his heart was filled with pain. And so the Lord said, 
I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of this earth. Men, animals, creatures that move along the ground, birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. You know, God allows you to sin because he created you with this thing called free will. You have freedom to choose to do what you want. And with that freedom, you get to choose whether or not you're going to honor God or dishonor God. And when you take that freedom and it goes from person to person and all of a sudden you have a whole nation that's involved in evil and calling good things evil and evil things good and God sees that and we dishonor God 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 and there comes a point where God finally says, you know what? That's enough. And that's exactly what happened in the days of Noah. God said, that's enough. That's exactly what happened in the days of Sodom. God said, that's enough. It's exactly what God said in the days of Gomorrah. He said, that's enough. It's exactly what he did in the days of ancient Israel when he said, that's enough, and they were carried off into captivity. It's exactly what happened in A.D. 70 when in Jerusalem itself, the city of God, the city of Zion, the city where God lives, Jerusalem, and God finally said, you know what, that's enough. And he allowed the Romans to come in and completely destroy Jerusalem. I don't know if you've read your Bible, but in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible tells us that one day God's going to destroy this earth as we know it, not by water, because in Genesis when he destroyed it by water, he put that little rainbow up in the sky and he said he would never again destroy the world by water. That's, that's a promise. So he's never going to destroy the world by water. But in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, it does say that the current earth is reserved for a day of judgment where God will destroy everything on this earth by fire. You say, well, when is that going to happen? I'll tell you exactly when it's going to happen. It's when God says, that's enough. That's when it's going to happen. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to those who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And verse 21, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Letter D, write this down as we prepare to close. Let God, let God's word, Let God's Spirit be your guide and your anchor. I want to show you Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. I I want you to see what it says. It says that solid food, and he's he's talking about the Word of God. Solid food is for the mature, who by constant use, you will eventually be able to train yourself to know and to be able to distinguish. Good from evil. Who can do that? Only the person who's constantly using the Word of God. You see, otherwise Satan's going to blind you. Satan's going to keep you. Oh, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I can't journal. I can't read the Bible. I I got too much. (laughs) That's exactly what Satan wants. He wants to harden your heart. He wants to blind your eyes so that you will not be in this book. And that's why I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to get your eyes in the Word. You've got to get your nose in the book. You've got to get your heart in the book. And you read it, and you read it, and you read it, and you read it. And after you've done reading it, this this is how you're going to be able to distinguish good from evil. 
And John 17, 17 says to sanctify them. What is that word? That means that's how God cleans you up. Sanctify them by the truth. Well, what's truth? Your word is truth. I close with this story. My wife and I, this last week, we took some time, just the two of us, and got away. We don't do that very often. But we did it this week. We actually watched a movie. And and I, I honestly cannot tell you the last time we watched a movie. The movie we watched was a movie called Won't Back Down. And it's about a teacher. And she has a son who has learning disabilities. And then there's a parent in the school who has a daughter. And she has learning disabilities. So that's why the two main characters have something in common. They both have special needs children. They both reach the conclusion that the school system is not geared to help any child, especially theirs. And so they decide they're going to start a new school. Which sounds good, except the two of them, the teacher and the parent, they've got to go up against the powerful teacher's union. And that's the, that's the movie. But of course, you know in the story, there's always a story within the story, right? We're watching the movie, and the teacher, who you can only imagine, a teacher going up against the teacher's union, wanting to start a new school, she comes home night after night after night, she's completely beat down, she's tired, and she goes into her son's room, the special needs, the learning disabilities, and he's always asleep. And she's just worn out from a long day. And she always comes over and she kisses him. And he's asleep. She doesn't even know if he even knows that she's kissing him. About halfway through the movie, she comes, puts her stuff down, she's coming to kiss the boy. My wife says this to me. Hey, Dudley, do you notice that she always kisses him three times? I go, what? (laughs) Oh, yeah, every time. I go, what? Every time she comes in, she kisses that boy three times. I go, no. (laughs) He goes, yeah, yeah, watch, watch. I said, sure, surely not. Sure enough, she puts her stuff down. She comes over. My wife was right. Kissed him once. Kissed him twice. missed it. I'm watching the whole movie. I never saw I never saw that. It was so touching. But I hadn't seen it. Towards the end of the movie, after one of the worst days of this woman's life, she comes home. She's about to give up the fight. She goes in to kiss her son. He's awake. She walks over to the bed. He can see, the little boy can see that this mother has had the worst day ever. And he says, Mama, you want to get in bed with me? She says, yes. She crawls up in that bed in a fetal position, tears streaming down her face. And one of the most touching and most tender moments I've ever seen in any movie 
that little boy reaches over and grabs his mother's face and kisses her once, kisses her twice, and kisses her three times. And I didn't even know what was going on through half the movie. <laughs> and I want you to know that the Bible is like a movie. It's a story. And as you read through it, I don't understand it. You're just like me watching that movie. I don't get it. Just keep reading it. Keep reading it. You're going to come to church one day, and you're going, oh, I never even knew that was in the Bible. You just keep coming. Because one day God will reveal something to you, and all of a sudden you'll sit back and you'll go, oh, I get it now. I get it. I get it. And I just want you to know that while you were sleeping, God kissed you three times. You didn't even know it. You had a learning disability. Your disability was you had a hardened heart. Satan had blinded you. You couldn't see it. He kissed you at creation. When he created you, he kissed you at Calvary. When he sent Jesus to die on that cross. And he kissed you, number three, in that celestial heaven, that place where he's building your heavenly home right now. And you didn't even, you didn't even know what was going on. You were just sleeping and he was he was kissing you. And the question, the question is this. Will you kiss him back? Will you come today and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone? Number two, will you be baptized, portraying that you believe in the death and the burial and the resurrection? And number three, will you live the rest of your days here on this earth in faithful obedience to Jesus Christ? He's kissed you. Will you kiss him? Isaiah tells us in chapter 5, verse 22, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We now know that God alone determines good from evil and will not tolerate sin forever. The Apostle John reminds us God's Word is truth, and by anchoring ourselves to it, we can remain pure and faithful to Him. It is through the saving grace of Jesus Christ we will bypass the coming judgment planned for the world. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing. Rediscover a simpler faith in our complicated world. 
In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.